Hey everyone, welcome back to the Ryan Nile Show. Hey guys, welcome back to the Ryan Nile Show. Firstly, sorry for keeping you so long. Um, this pandemic, this lockdown has taken me by surprise in the way that I've been busier than I expected. Um, I started doing the Instagram live show, which I mentioned in the last episode, and that has pretty much taken over my life. <laughs> um, but it's been amazing. We've uh, developed a community of uh, really kind-hearted people that are getting through this lockdown together um, and bringing so many new perspectives to to the group. And it's really helped me personally through this lockdown. Um, it's been entertaining. It's been insightful. It's been encouraging. Um, so I'd highly recommend you join me um, Instagram Live Monday to Friday um, on my profile, ryan.nile.show from 8 p.m um some days it's emotional some days it's entertaining you can see the clips on my instagram profile um to see the variety of things we get up to on the show um so that's been an extension of the ryan now show and what i hope to do is uh bring some of that vibe to this podcast too so be on the lookout um i am working hard behind the scenes on how to adapt and bring in all elements of what i do onto the show from um <laughs> entertainment to uh, to music uh, to everything so i want you guys to get to know me a bit more on this show um as well as continuing the the one-on-one conversations um of which this next episode is and what a conversation this was um and again sorry for delaying getting this out but i interviewed and had a conversation with the absolutely incredible julia hobsbawm who is the author of the simplicity principle six steps towards clarity in a complex world and it was the absolute perfect time to speak to julia about her new book because we're in a time which is uh, chaotic um, we're in an upside down world and it's put everyone in, in a position if health isn't the first uh, obstacle it's put everyone into into a position to analyze their life and to analyze their routines and to really work out what they're doing now um, and what they'll be doing in the future uh, and this book and the the principles from the book are absolutely amazing which we get into we got to discuss what life is like during lockdown while launching a book julia's ted talk info obesity and being mentored by maya angelo yes Maya Angelou and hanging out with my idol Oprah Winfrey. Julia was once the legendary author Maya Angelou's book publicist and first learned a term KISS keep it simple stupid a term that Angelou changed into the more elegant keep it simple sweetie a concept that this book is hinged on. So yeah I'd highly recommend you listen throughout take take notes um, the hexagon the hexagon challenge is really good and I've started to apply that in my life that's that's really helped me a lot so make sure you listen out for that um again you can watch the full episode on youtube that's youtube.com slash ryan nile and make sure you follow me on instagram ryan.nile.show join in on the live show become an inmate (laughs) because we're in this together and we're a group of friendly humans that want to make life better every day for ourselves and for others so without further ado Please enjoy this conversation with Julia Hobsbawm. Well, welcome back to the Ryan Now Show. I'm really excited to have Julia Hobsbawm on the show today. Julia is uh, an author, a writer, an entrepreneur, a podcaster, um, an amazing person all around. And I'm really excited to uh, to talk about her book, uh, the, Simpli- the, the Simplicity Principle. That's right. That's right. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I didn't want to get that wrong. I'm trying to get better at doing these intros. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm all right. I mean, it, we we were just talking off off air, weren't we? About it's a very strange time. Mm, indeed, a yeah. really strange time. Um, yeah. And if if you don't mind, I, w- I want to open with um, your TED talk from 2017. Um, yeah. I, so I, I watched it, and it's just amazing the, the parallels between. What you said in 2017 um, with interconnectedness, with infobesity, with um, the Ebola crisis, with how that was dealt with. And yeah. we're, we're, we're in it on a global scale now. Um, yeah. Can you, can well, you talk to the audience I, about I, that? So my, 
my current book, The Simplicity Principle, follows the book that you're referring to when I gave a TED um, talk in 2017 called Fully Connected. Mm. And the connection between the two is what I call social health. And what social health is, and we're in the middle of a social health um, crisis as well as, as a pandemic, is social health is everything that connects humans to each other. And whether that's functional or dysfunctional, um, and whether that's in, in control or out of control. And the point that I was making is that we know about physical health and mental health, um, and we know that they hinge on good diet, good exercise, and sleep, which you, you referred to. Social health is in a way more subtle and needs to be understood. It's everything to do with the connection that's working now between us digitally and when we're all in lockdown to what happens when humans get face to face, but also how information and intimacy spreads. Mm. And what I wrote about in the last book was the I opened the hardback with the story of the Ebola outbreak in uh, West Africa in 2014-15 and of course it has parallels to the time that this new book is being published in the coronavirus crisis why because the way that pandemics viruses diseases spread is through um, network effects and humans themselves spread and operate on network effects so there mm. is this weird connection i think that's what you're referring to right oh, absolutely definitely yeah this just how um uh, well, how one we're handling it um to how kind of politics and uh just societal norms help the spread of uh, both misinformation and, right. and viruses because that the, the the connection between um how we're all connected via these devices but also how that kind of exacerbates a health problem as well Yes, so I see how we connect to each other in the context of whether it's healthy or unhealthy, which is why I call it social health. And so mm. what's, I mean, really, I don't think that humans operate at their best when they're mediated through technology, although the coronavirus crisis has slightly rescued us from tech lash in mm. that, you know, we were going on about invasion of privacy and we should all put our devices down and now we can't get enough of them because it's our <laughs> lifeline right. um but this is an emergency situation and what troubles me about society's over dependence on technology is first of all there is so much information and so much um of a blur and a blend uh of entertainment information news views that um it does create an infobesity and and we know from physical obesity that that's a problem if you clog and block arteries with too much of the wrong kind of foods um you cause heart attacks you cause mm -hmm. you cause stoppages and and we definitely i think have spent the last 30 years going bring it on information technology fabulous let's have yeah. it all the time and that causes miscommunication misinformation anxiety and it causes overload mm. and it was that overload that got me interested when i moved on from if you like diagnosing what social health is in my last book to saying well what do we do about it to have it in right. this book and that's where this idea about simplicity versus complexity came in, Niall. That's what mm. I'm really into, is saying we should keep it simple because the world is so complicated. We know that if we live our lives as if we are, in fact, computers rather than humans, yep. super speed, super scale, mm. no good can come from it. Um, and I was inspired by a woman who was my mentor long time ago. I'm very old. You're not so old, but I'm very old. I'm so old that I'm so old that one of my kids once said to me, "With, with Mum, in your day, were there cars or just horses?" <laughs> said the cheeky little oh. lighter. Um, but hundreds of years ago, when I was young, um, I had the great privilege and pleasure of of um being Maya Angelou's book publicist okay wow. Maya Angelou the great poet yeah. campaigner and wow. I yes and I used <laughs> to um hang out with her 
I mean, I used to hang out with her and her friends like Oprah Winfrey. I was 22 years old. It was pretty mind blowing. But yeah. she changed my life, actually. She changed my life because I was a, a, a white middle class girl from North London who mm. didn't really know anything about anybody else's kind of life. Right. And I was, I was given access to her and she was a great wise woman. Mm. Everything she communicated was um, simple but sophisticated. And she used to say to me, as a, as, a, as a saying, keep it simple, sweetie, she used to say to me. Yeah. And the keep it simple um, idea is a, is a rather masculine male uh, idea that was called mm. keep it simple, stupid. It's right. a design principle that was coined in the 1940s um, by an aeronautical en- engineer in America. Uh, right. Clar- Clarence Kelly Johnson. And, and so the idea that simplicity causes safety rather than complexity is really important. And that's what this book is about. But the wow. keep it simple, stupid was a bit sort of aggro. Mm. And Maya always used to say, keep it simple, sweetie. But that is the abiding principle that happened to have been inspired by her. But the abiding principle is hang on a minute. We're all in love with complexity. We're all telling each other the whole time how complex it is. Mm. Complexity is not that healthy for us. It's necessary. Some of it's great, like the technology behind what we're doing is complicated. Mm. But what we're actually doing is simple. I'm looking at your face. You're looking at my face, even through the screen. Yeah. We're having a connection that's human. That's mm. simple. And I wanted us to reconnect to that. And that's basically where I, that's what I think social health is, is, is the simplicity of true connection. And I apply it politically and socially and philosophically. It's not just about personal development, mm. although there's quite a lot in the, in the book about that too. I love that. I love that thought. And wow, what a, what a treat or what a blessing that is to, to be mentored by the, the great Maya Angelou. Yes, it was. It was. And in fact, if anyone's interested on my, um, sorry, it's not on my YouTube, um, but I wrote a a piece about that relationship for Vogue, which is online at vogue.co.uk. And what I could give you, Niall, if you wanted, is I did record a tiny little video about Mm. how she was my inspiration. I could send you a link to that and you could share that if you like. Absolutely. Yeah. I haven't put that that online. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Oh, please. Yeah. That would be amazing. Okay. You can have it. Thank you so much. Um, so, you you so you, she said keep it simple, sweetie. Um, quite some time ago, a hundred years ago, according to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what did that mean to you then, um, as a twenty-two year old? Um, and what does that mean to you now? Oh, that's a really good question. I think what it meant to me then was keep it true, keep mm. it real. Uh, I learned a lot about um, keeping keeping true to what you feel and what your experience is from great writers. I worked in publishing for a long time and, I mean, it inspired me, guess what, to become a writer, which, <laughs> which I, I've become. Yeah. I think what it means to me now, because I am, um, I'm middle-aged and I've got children and I've got businesses and you know, I, I lead a complicated life is mm. what it means to me now is how do you get stuff done in a way that's creative, productive, compassionate to others? And how do you cut through the complexity? So I, I'm, a, I'm a mixture always, I, I think, of, of being drawn by the philosophy, the why, the meaning, the, yeah. the truism, but the practical. I do love the building blocks of life. Like, how do mm. we get it done? What's going on? I'm really interested in the in the logistics side of the coronavirus crisis. You know, how has the NHS managed to get that PPE equipment or not to the yeah. right people in the right places at the right time? And ultimately, that's a simple requirement, but it's very complicated to deliver. Mm. And when it goes wrong in society, when there are errors they're usually simple errors that have embraced the complexity rather than gone, let's just focus on what gets it right. Mm. Absolutely. Um, And for me, social health is about how do you communicate and connect and get stuff done in a way that is practical, 
that doesn't disrespect and um, disown the complexity of life, but that says, no, no, we're coming from the place that we want to get it done. And yeah. what's the simple path to getting that done? And I think we've forgotten that. I think we need to reconnect to that, which is why I called the book The Simplicity Principle. Absolutely. No, definitely. And in the book, you you talk about slices of simplicity because yeah. um, we do live in a complex world. And even the the idea for the average person, uh, the idea of simplicity is a complex idea. So uh, yeah. you, you break, you break so it down really it? well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you have <laughs> slices of... Well, <laughs> I, I, I'll confess to you that, you know, blimey, it was complicated writing about simplicity. I mean, there oh, were yeah. times where I thought... I, it would be so much easier to write about complexity. Um, <laughs> so I, um, I wanted to, I think structure is important. I think ritual and pattern is important. And I want, uh, that's helped me. Mm. Um, it's helped me to, I suppose, the phrase, you know, be my best self. I, I, it's helped me and I wanted to help others. And I, I, and I do act as a consultant and a coach and have people who work for me and are clients and so on. And so um, I wanted to get that right. And I wanted to come up with a system that reflected this idea that simplicity is attainable and achievable and applicable. And so I looked around for a number because I think in management and in business, uh, mm. which my books are technically classified as, although really I hope they're a bit more approachable than than. Uh, a dry business book um, is I wanted a number and I came across the number six mm. and the, and so the whole book is structured around ideas around the number six and six slices of this, that and the other, and I can talk you through them, but I just thought, shall I tell you a little bit about the number six and why that number? Please. Yes. Okay. So it turns out that six is, um, First and foremost, within the maximum working memory limit of humans. So as I've said, everything I do is framed against this proposition that we shouldn't be leading lives geared towards the computer. The computer should be helping us do what we do, right? Mm. The computer and the internet. When you look at neuroscience, there are some very startling realities that even though the human brain is amazingly complicated and complex and we're thinking a gazillion things at any given time, like a motor running unconsciously, yeah. there's actually a working memory limit of about seven of things that we can do or hold in our heads at any given time. So uh -huh. again, you and I are talking and we are not multitasking, although at this precise moment you are a bit because you just took up some water <laughs> right, and yeah. I'm looking at my watch or whatever. Mm -hmm. But we're not doing 28 things at once. And in fact, the neuroscience also shows that multitasking is a bit of a myth anyway. But oh, okay. so I thought, great, everybody knows that you can't really do more than a certain number of things at once. So let's keep to that limit. Mm. So I wanted a number that was seven or under and lots of business books the magic number is seven or the magic number is four or the magic number is three. And I thought, mm -hmm. what is my magic number? What is my perfect number? What about the number six? And when mm -hmm. I looked into it, it was a bit spooky actually, which is that in maths, six is the perfect number. It is oh. the first of a so-called perfect number. I'm not a mathematician by the way, mm -hmm. but it, and the reason is that the number one, two, and three all fold into it. And so it has a symmetry. As an organizing right. number, that's really interesting. Mm. Also, in culture, in sport, um, in science, the six is very relevant. So, I mean, there are six cells in a Braille cell. There are uh, six axioms of faith in Islam. There are, you know, we bury our dead six feet under. Mm. Um, the insect, there are six kingdoms in, uh, in the animal kingdom. Insects have six legs. There are six regions of learning and um, emotion in the brain. And suddenly six began to feel like a thing. Wow. And then I looked into nature and um, the six-sided hexagon. Uh, I've got loads of hexagon things in my life, in my house. This is a coaster. Yeah. Um, 
The six-sided hexagon is a really important shape because um, it is the most resilient and efficient pretty much in the whole of nature. You take something like the diamond, which is the hardest material, mm. graphene, graphite, the diamond, they're all derived from the carbon atom, which forms in hexagonal shapes. Oh. Um, yes, the snowflake, <laughs> the snowflake, which is the most individual of, 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 of natural shapes, no two, um, no snowflake is alike, yeah. that's hexagonal. But the six-sided um, honeycomb in which the bee lives mm. really got me because humans and bees have a lot in common and if you want to keep it simple doing really complicated things you want to look at what the bee does and right. so suddenly i had this shape i had this number and so i thought okay what are the six most important things to simplicity mm. and that's when i began to play around with it the truth is I have not identified the six things. I've identified six of the things. Right. You know, the book, the book is really about sparking your own imagination. You know how with your own fitness and food, mm. it's the creativity that matters. You know, the people that stick at good exercise, they don't necessarily only do the same five or six things again and again. They mix it up. They create a personalized, customized routine. But that's what I wanted to do is put it out there that organizing your life around the number six and shaping things as if you were knotting together lots of different hexagons was a good way to start. I love um, that idea. Yeah, pattern I... is really important. It, it plays a very big role in nature, and I think it plays a very good role in how we manage our lives. So the six things that I think really matter. Um, one of them is clarity and each of the six things has got six sub chapters which would be way too complicated to say in, the, in, <laughs> in this whole podcast but you know sure. um they're they're there but the number one aspect of simplicity that i think we all need whether we're running multi-million pound businesses or we're running a household or we're mm. a person and in our on our own or we've got you know a friendship group is um is clarity to be yeah. clear about what you think and what you know and what you want and what you need to say. And mm. clarity is really elusive in this complicated world. Um, that's why politicians who succeed use simple messages. You know, right. we've understood the simple message of protect the NHS, stay at home, save lives. Save lives, yep. Right. Very simple Those, message. Right. You need simplicity because that is what gives you cut through and clarity. Right. The second is a question of individuality. I think if you know who you are or you know what your family is about or you know what your organization that you belong to, if you if you know that purpose and 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 what you're there to do, that is a simplicity that means you don't really have to worry about anything else. But lots of people spend their lives in chaos and in unhappiness and with mm. mental ill health. And so simplicity, again, is about saying, yeah, I've got that clarity and I've got that individuality. I don't, I don't have to be anybody else but me, but I have mm. to belong. The third aspect is what I call reset. We know a lot about rest we know a lot about sleep. Reset is a sort of hybrid in my book between mm. play, between rest, between creativity, between curiosity. So reset plays a very important time uh, role. I'm, I'm, I'm racing through these. You might want to slow me down and, and no, focus not at on all. some of them. And then the last three are the three core ingredients of what I call social health. And those are knowledge, networks, and time. And that's what I call the knot. Put simply, you raised the point at the beginning of this in interview about infobesity. Yeah. If you've got so much knowledge that you can't actually process it, it's like having a sugar rush or it's like mm. just being bloated. So having streamlined sources of information, uh, saying, well, I do trust um, the, the Nile Rogers podcast because he's always got something interesting to say, but well, I don't want to start clogging up my head with too much on Twitter or whatever is important. Networks, 
Well, networks we know is what spreads the good stuff and the bad stuff, right? A virus is a pandemic spread mm. on networks, but so is the way people share beautiful ideas and beautiful music. Um, so having networks, having rich, diverse networks is crucial. Mm. And finally, time. You know, what really surprised me um, when I went on the road, really talking about ideas about social health, when my last book came out and now this book is people are so in love with the idea of limitlessness and complexity that they forget how little time we actually have. They forget that there's only one number that you need to hold in your head that matters. Mm. And that's 168. And if I ask your listeners to take one pause and say, what is that number 168? I hope they're going to be honest with themselves and go, I don't know. Yeah. Do you know? No. <laughs> okay, good. Because if you knew that would ruin my punchline. No, <laughs> but the number 168 is the number of hours in the week. Fixed, oh. end to end. It's yeah. finite. Mm. And so time is, guess what, short. And we really know that in the coronavirus crisis, many of us are losing people. We know people who've lost people. We're worried yeah. that we might lose people, whatever. Yeah. So the whole question about time and timeline and time and space really matters. So mm. these are big ideas. I, I can imagine that some people might be listening and their heads might be spinning and they might be thinking, crikey, she's written about simplicity she's making it sound ever so complicated but i have to say as an author i'm afraid you might have to read the book because when you read the book it is laid out quite simply mm. um and in fact i'm starting a whole series of webinars dealing with one bit at a time right you know, okay in in clarity i'm doing a whole webinar that's just about attention and mm. how difficult it is to control our attention for yes. example yeah. so it does need it needs reducing and unpicking, but mm. the concepts are that I hope I give you the toolkit, really. We need a toolkit. Um, and going back to my friend, the hexagon, in fact, of course, the nut and nuts and bolts, when you build anything, they're hexagonal. That's right. Exactly. Because uh, <laughs> it's what gets it done. Anyway. I love I'm that. Over, I, I, I feel like I'm a salesperson for hexagons and the number six. <laughs> Oh no, it really works. And how amazing that is. Um, just to go back to um, the reset portion of um, of the, the knot, uh, in a time like this, when everything's like the world is upside down, essentially, there's, yeah. um, you know, everyone's routines and um, the, the, the variety that we're used to in life, um, where we might get that sense of reset. Um, it's kind of out the window at the minute. Um, mm. How do you suggest people um, find that yeah. reset within their lives? What is moment? reset? Well, yeah. I think the first thing to say is that some people, I am not one of them, luckily. Some people are having a horrific time. Some mm. people are fighting for their lives. Some people are fighting for their livelihood. Yeah. I mean, the unemployment statistics in America are mind-boggling yeah 16 and a half million people are out of work now in america um a million people claimed uh, uh social security benefit in this country in the first two weeks of lockdown so you know looking for a silver lining and saying oh this is an opportunity to reset some people would be saying yeah right lovely for you right yeah. lady author sitting in your nice little home you know, so I don't want to be insensitive here. Mm. For some people, it's just about survival and yeah. it's always about survival. And this crisis is, um, is going to hit people so hard. However, the lockdown is an enforced simplicity right. and there are advantages to not having enough that distracts you that pulls you away from looking at what's going on. Now, for some people, that is really tough, especially if you're in a tower block and you've got young kids and you haven't got access to the open air easily and you're being told to stay indoors. You know, it's really hard. So it's really, really hard. But insofar as I've, I've, I've made that clear, I hope, 
there are a lot of people who are not in quite such dire circumstances. They might be furloughed. They might have time and space to think and to reflect and to reset in yeah. a way that they haven't had before. Even in war, there are benefits, un unintended benefits. Mm. So I think that personally speaking, people can achieve reset. Now, what is reset? Reset is a way of not doing what you ordinarily do, filling up your day in the normal way with no time to think, being too busy. Reset is about reconnecting. I'm a big um, advocate of nature, reconnecting to nature. So I take advantage of my one hour's exercise a day. I live near a beautiful heath in the UK. I live in London near a beautiful um, park, uh, Hampstead Heath, ancient oh, heath. So I go and, and, and walk there. Um, reset can be many things, but it can also be a bigger social thing. And lots of people have been writing myself included, uh, about the fact that maybe society needs a reset. Mm. Maybe this, you know, maybe policymakers need a reset because this pandemic was foretold. You talk about TED Talks. Bill Gates gave an incredibly prescient TED Talk in 2015. Right. Um, you, you, you don't have to go back very far to hear people saying there's another pandemic coming and this is what we need to do. Yep. We didn't prepare for it. The world did not prepare for it. They're Correct. playing catch up. So reset is also about how can, how can entire societies and systems say, well, what we've been doing is not so hot. Mm. Let's do it differently. Let's do it better. You know, Niall, I like to think of myself as a, as a, as a pessimistic optimist, okay? Or I'm, I'm pretty much the same. Pessimist. Right, <laughs> right. You know, the yeah. glass is generally speaking for me, half full, yeah. but I'm realistic. And sometimes it's bleeding well, half empty. And when it comes mm. to, when it comes to the way the world works, mm. I'm, I'm not a fan of how it's been done before. So if this could be a reset, that would be in some ways quite welcome. Absolutely. I mean, this, this is really showing, um, the, the huge disparity in so many areas within um, life and work and family and just the way we've been living that we've accepted it because that's just how it is. Um, right. And hopefully through this, um, like you said, we, we do reset and there are changes um, on the horizon because what we can't risk is this happening again. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. I mean, it would be silly for, um, you know, organisations and governments to to not take heed and really change things for people. And of course, complexity, uh, the flip side of simplicity, is the arch enemy in this because so much of government, whether it's local government, you know, whether it's the local Kensington and Chelsea borough government that looked after Grenfell Tower, Mm. which was an accident waiting to happen, which exactly. happened because of complexity and mismanagement and muddle mm. and thinking that the unthinkable wasn't going to happen when people said it could happen and they didn't plan for it. You know, hello, sound familiar? Yes. You know, local governments, national governments, organisations, they, they're too complicated for their own good, mm. you know? And so one has to, whenever people are involved in delivering something, you have to say, what is the simplest way to make things happen? And how can we think the unthinkable and respond to the unpredictable? And that, if that reset could take place in the planning and organisation of the way our, our, our systems run, I think we will be healthier. I think that is a form of social health mm. when, you know, the department over there speaks more quickly to the department over there. It's true. It's true. And I think that's probably happening now more so than ever because they're forced to, right? Like they they probably were paper heavy offices before um, and now then they, they can't really be. They have to use like what we're using now, Zoom, um, things like that to, to speed up uh, decisions it is and speed. communication. It is speed, but it's also saying, how do I adapt to something uniquely complicated and simplify it? So here's an example. We all know that the Prime Minister was in intensive care this week. And um, any of us that have ever been in or seen someone in intensive care will have had a 
flashback. Mm. And I had a flashback to when my husband was in intensive care after he had a triple height heart bypass uh, five and a half years ago. Wow. And it's a pretty awful thing, uh, mm. intensive care. And there's a load of machines beeping all the time and lots and lots of drugs being administered. And then, uh, like the Prime Minister, when you move out of intensive care and into um, a high dependency unit, there's a kind of handover from the intensive right. care nurses. And it was really interesting. I was watching these fantastic nurses and one of them was pulling out all the bits and pieces and the paperwork and the drug charts. And she said, oh, hang on a minute, she said. Something doesn't look quite right here. She said, I remember that his medication was changed because he had a bit of an emergency at his bedside a day after his operation, which oh, is right. why they put them in intensive care after heart bypasses because they sort of expect emergencies. Mm. Uh, intensive care units are almost like uh, bedside operating units if they need to be. Right. And um, so this unexpected thing had happened to my husband that was provided for, but it was unexpected. And she had remembered that. And so she said, actually, what it says on this chart is not in fact what he's now requiring. Oh. I need to make that connection when I inform the nurses. And I, I could have cried with gratitude yeah. at this, because this human provided the thought, the interface between the system mm that nevertheless had a little gap. And wow. when you look at every disaster, when I've covered some of them in my book, as you know, mm. you know, uh, every sort of disaster at the heart of it has got that missing link, that simple missing link. Wow. So it is wow. life and death stuff, simplicity. It is. It really is. Yeah. It, man. I'm Sorry to bring you down. No, I, not I think at all. we need a bit of upbeat, you know, <laughs> but simplicity... It, simplicity is serious. Mm, no, it really is. Um, just want to ask about the because you were talking about the the uh, the knot, the hexagon knot. Um, and yeah, half the, the hexagon is the knot, the knowledge, networks, and time, and the other Got half it. of the hexagon is uh, clarity, individuality, and reset. Got it. And those those elements, there are six elements that you've uh, yes. picked up, but there are, there there are more, or can are they interchangeable? Uh, well, it's a very good question. They are interchangeable. You want to think of them as different sides or slices of simplicity. Mm. And then I drill into each of them. Um, so so the, whole, the whole point about the simplicity principle is to really fire the imagination that somebody listening to this or watching this could say, okay, I'm going to draw a hexagon on a bit of paper. Yeah. Um, you can actually order wonderful hexagon. Uh, look, here's my new hexagon coloring book. I actually do hexagon coloring. Look at that. Oh, nice. Um, that's I find that's it supposed to be really soothing. good. Yeah. Um, no, I, you know, what if I did a list of six things that matter to me right now or that mm. are going on? Or what about if I said this side of the hexagon is my personal life? And this side of the hexagon is uh, my office life. Mm. And this side of the, sex, of the hexagon is what I'm doing now. And this side of the hexagon is the next six months. And this side of the hexagon is what happened over the last six months. And this side of the hexagon is what happens over the last six years. Yeah. That's one perspective that you can gain. Right. Or you go, right, let's have this side or this element and how does it connect with another element? So it's really a way of getting that clarity, mm. of connecting to your own individuality and your own circumstances, of using this, this technique to reset, of then saying, okay, but what knowledge do I need and not need to get me through this? You know, yeah. the need to know, the must know, the known unknowns, you name it, right? You know, right, I'm going to start looking at a few more YouTube videos. Yes, I think I've got a bit lazy with my intake of information. I'm going to start reading or watching or listening further afield. Yeah. Um, my networks, yeah, I'm going to join a few webinars or I'm going to, I'm going to look further afield at who I need to know who can help me 
get to where I need to be because they can teach me or inspire mm-hmm. me or just help me or I can help them. And finally, you know, how am I spending my time? So I hope that I called it slices of simplicity, which you very smartly picked up on because it's almost a bit like a food book. Yeah. You know, these are the ingredients in the store Mm. cupboard. You know, you all need your garlic. You all need your olive oil. You all need your lemon. You all need your beautiful chilies. You all need your spices, blah, blah, blah. But what you do to put them together and when and how and why it's individual to you, Mm. it's all part of that piece. That's such a great, great way of explaining it. I love that. I love that. Um, So let's say, so everyone that's watching this and listening to this um, reads the book and really identifies what simplicity is. Well, they must, isn't that, isn't that what you're telling them, Niall? I mean, not, not nice to have, must have. Yes. Oh yeah, they they have to. That's part of the deal. We'll come back and we'll test that. We'll test them on it, won't we? (laughs) No, we will. And that's part of the question, actually. How do people recognize, because at the moment, we've gone from what was chaos because now it's quiet technically I mean um, in life compared to lockdown uh, mm. yeah compared to a month ago um, it, it really highlights how chaotic things were just generally um, yeah when we do eventually come out of lockdown um, how can people recognize that they're starting to add more things that make their lives complex because it can be a bit of a like a a looming gray cloud and then all of a sudden it's a storm and you don't realize well i think the book was written pre-pandemic when things were chaotic Mm. things are complicated now let's not underestimate it uh but equally they have simplified because we're in lockdown and they will get complicated again look stick with six sit for six with your life six minutes every day write a list of six things that you want to do don't do more than six uh identify six people that can help you Mm. uh i i actually divide my day into six time zones of two hours each i think we're all i think we're all awake for about 15 hours give or Mm. take um and let's let's all be real here. Three hours just goes, doesn't it? You know, you're getting up, you're getting dressed, you're having a meal, whatever. So let's right, so let's yeah. say there's let's say there's twelve hours in which you can sort of be productive or do things. Mm. And what if? And in fact, I do this. I write on a bit of paper every day, uh, two hour slots, even if I might do something for six hours. So I notice where my time's going because it's really dangerous to zigzag on and off the internet and to do a bit of social media and do a bit of shopping and do a bit of (laughs) zooming and then uh, it's all chaotic. Mm. But the thing about the time zones is I think, and um, this is sort of my last point about six is I think we only, all of us only do really six types of things a day and it's Mm. good to own them and say, well, am I going to do all six every day for two hours or, you know, what's the, what's the mix? And here's what they are is one of them is process we all have to do life and work process, don't we? You were doing the setup for the Zoom call or your cooking or your uh, dealing with your inbox, the emails, you know, yep. process, finance, the shopping, whatever. Uh, but then there's project. This is a project. You know, I'm talking about my book and I'm spending at least two hours a day talking about my book or writing about my book. And this is your work. This yeah. This is project people we all have to connect with people meetings remember meetings face-to-face mm. meetings <laughs> you know we'll remember them again and we're having them on zoom and we're having them on the on the on the phone calls so process project and people very important another three p's it happens to be p yeah. i just I, I i like the alliteration of it probably um and it's an upside it's down work. six Oh, I like that. Niall, you're good. I hadn't thought of that. Oh, I like that. The upside down six. So let so the other three, uh, the other three P's are uh, personal. You've got to have time for yourself. Mm. You know, I like reading thrillers when I switch off. Um, I'm old enough that I used to watch with my dad, who's now passed away. I used to watch Kojak with him. And, and my dad was a very prolific writer, yeah. um, and, uh, but he used to switch off and watch telly, and he used to watch Kojak with me. And I mm. now read thrillers, uh, and that's, that's a personal thing I do. 
uh, to or I read novels. I like literary fiction, but I do also like thrillers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like my bit of colouring. You see, that's a bit of personal. Yeah. Um, physical, anything that isn't digital, you've got to do it. You've got to get mm. your exercise in. Definitely, by the way, six days a week. There's a there's a great TED talk I can find um, that from a physician in America who said, you know, forget three times a week, six times a week, people. You've got to do exercise six times a week. Interesting. And he's right. And I do exercise in some shape or form for 60 minutes a day. Maybe 10 of those are doing actual difficult exercises and 10 of them is walking. Yeah, uh, six, yeah. 50 minutes is walking. So physical, personal. And then the final one, which maybe my hexagon colouring fits into more, is play. Mm. Yeah. Tune out, switch out, reset. Not mindfulness, but mindlessness. You know, mm. when, we, when we drift, when we find ourselves burrowing into the internet and we think, oh, where did that time go? Usually it's because our brains are actually needing to tune out. Mm. So we need to have tune out time every day. So look, that's what I would say is, is keep it to six, stick to six. Six is going to be your savior in this because it's a structure. It's a symmetry. And that's very much what simplicity is all about. I love that. I love that. I'm, I'm definitely doing that from now on absolutely and it's time zones six time zones yeah yeah for sure it's, it's and it's such a simple concept for for anybody to to use in in their own lives and everybody's lives are so different you know but you can use this um structure to, yes. to really simplify your life I, I really love that um, i do live by this by the way i mean mm. i have i've sort of practiced all of this a, a <laughs> bit like you know uh, nigella lawson tastes all her recipes before she puts them out there i mean there's there's nothing i'm advocated that i haven't tried myself that's brilliant. That is brilliant. And what's really um, uh, coming to me at the moment as well is six has always been my favourite number. Has it? Yeah, always. Even on on the back of my football shirts, I always put six. Even though really? there's, not a, yeah, there's not been a specific player that's worn a six. I just love the number. I always have done for some reason. Six is big in sport, actually. And of course, the football... Um, mm probably the most important uh, sporting object is made up of, of guess what, pentagons and hexagons. There's more ah. hexagons than pentagons in a football. Six is big in cricket. Um, six something or other in an over. I'm very devoid of cricket knowledge, but <laughs> when I wrote my book, I researched it. Um, uh, there's, there's something to do with women's basketball and six. Six is absolutely everywhere. Wow. And in Chinese, the Chinese regard six as being the symbol of flow, of luck. Um, yeah. Interesting. I love that. Um, so just, just lastly, um, and this is a, a personal question. Um, what are three things, I mean, at the moment that you're challenged with? Um, and wow. and what, what three things are helping with those challenges? That's another six. I just realised. <laughs> um. Well, I'm always, I'm always challenged because I, um, I think I wrote the book partly because I've, I, I interviewed on my podcast, The Simplicity Principle, um, Ruby Wax, who's a I, wonderful mental I health campaigner. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I, I, I have uh, mental stress and anxiety like everybody else, and mm. uh, I struggle with. Um, I would say not excessively, but I have anxiety. I don't have depression. I'm very lucky. Um, but I worry. I worry. I'm a perfectionist. Mm. So I, I struggle with that. That's something I struggle with. I struggle with the on-off balance. Um, I'm a big uh, drifter online and mm. uh, down the rabbit hole. And um, <laughs> I, I call it the zigzag, actually, you know, and mm. I make a note, when am I zigzagging? So those are three, uh, those are two of the things that I struggle with. And I suppose the third is that I struggle with um, the concern that this particular moment is going to make life even tougher for people. Mm. And I, I, I wrote the book and all of what I write about is I am in my way trying to make the world a better place. Uh, uh, some people go into politics. Some people go onto the front line. I don't do those things, but I want to help people think differently and therefore behave differently. Mm. 
And I think we were in a pretty bad moment before. And I think the pessimist in me thinks we're, we're going to struggle for the next, the, the next little while. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are three challenges, but the three ways I deal with it is I have pattern and routine. Mm. I have my system and my structure. I have a wonderful network. I have a great family. I have great friends. I set up a WhatsApp group actually at the beginning of this crisis. And I've got about 80 people from around the world on it. And we post everything from really serious, crunchy medical journal pieces and articles to terribly bad jokes and cat mm-hmm. photos. Um, and I'm finding a surprising sustenance from that. So I would mm. say I get strength from reading other people's ideas, following pattern and ritual that um, is important to me and, uh, and from my network. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. And what's, what's so good about that is that's something that, that everyone can um, follow suit with if they're going through um, those same kind of struggles, which we, which we all are, <laughs> for sure. We all are. We're yeah. in it together, that's for sure. We are. Yeah. We are in this together. And... Um, yeah, it's just all inc- six of us. <laughs> <laughs> all six of us are in this together. I love that. Um, so, where can people get the book? Um, and do do you have an audio book planned by any chance? Yeah, the, it's 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 on audio book. So, if you the simplicity principle is a book to download, a book to buy in hardback, um, and an audio book, all of which is. Um, on Amazon or wherever you get your books from. And then the Simplicity Principle podcast is wherever you get your podcasts from. So it couldn't be simple. Just look up the Simplicity Principle. Awesome. Awesome. And where can people follow you online and uh, get in Um, touch if they like to? I'm on Instagram uh, as it's Julia Hobsbawm, I-T-S and then my name. I'm on Twitter as just Julia Hobsbawm. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm, I'm easily findable. Awesome. Awesome. And b- remember to send me that clip because I'd love to include I'm going to. Sure. Okay. I'm going to come on this and I'm going to send you that clip. Awesome. So, thank you so much for this. Um, I'm definitely taking my those pleasure. ideas of uh, using the number six in my life. I'm going to start doing that now, actually, because um, it's really highlighted how even in this lockdown, how kind of cha- I've brought in a lot of the chaos from life before the lockdown. So I need to stop and really analyze and take stock and um, and well, use I, that. I, thank you i hope it's been helpful it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and i notice just as we're finishing that your t-shirt um which is the same color as my book yellow yeah lovely sunny <laughs> yellow has got half a hexagon's worth of advice on it it says three things be good be kind be human that's right that's a very good half hexagon so we're, <laughs> we're halfway there we're halfway there awesome I love this conversation. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Speak to you soon. Remember, you can watch the full episode on youtube.com slash Ryan now. Please subscribe and comment. Most importantly, please share. I'd love to hear from you. We're all at home. or we should be. And I want to know how to make the show better for you, how to reach you all, what day you prefer the shows to come out, how best to serve you guys. So let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Email me, ryan.nile at me.com.